What's new at Cold Wax Academy? Rebecca and Jerry have an exciting lineup of online sessions planned as they launch a new year of learning and growth for members of Cold Wax Academy. Winter quarter sessions, which began on January 4th, will feature help with technical issues, photographing your work, developing ideas for imagery, and advice on works in progress. And two special guests, well-known authors Eric Maisel and Sean McNiff, will be conducting interactive sessions with members. As a member, you can also access the private Facebook page and take advantage of the informed and supportive community there of artists who post their paintings and questions. It's never too late to join Cold Wax Academy. All live sessions are recorded and available in the member library. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com for more information as well as basic information about using Cold Wax Medium. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, lessons from an art practice. A studio practice of any kind is an optimal learning environment. As an artist, every day that you work, you set challenges for yourself in your work and figure out how to meet them. But beyond learning how to produce the best work you can, there are also personal life lessons that come from a studio practice. We learn patience, perseverance, the ability to live with uncertain outcomes, and much more. Today, we will look at some of what art can teach us on this personal level. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Um, And so, as you just mentioned, we're not focusing today on those things you need to uh, learn in order to make good art, um, because that's a huge topic. And and we've talked about it so many times on different podcasts, different aspects of that. But there's this other aspect to it. And, and that's what we want to focus on today. What, what do you learn just in a studio practice? Like, how do you grow personally, as a result of that commitment to your work and everything that's involved and kind of starting with the commitment itself? Um, what does it take to decide to pursue art in this serious way? Um, and that's, you know, that can be a huge step for people, especially um, later in life, if they had some other career, and now they're, they're starting with this new thing, or starting young and devoting yourself to it in the face of um, economic uncertainty and other things. So it's, it's a really big commitment. Um, and what does it take to, to make that decision? And, I think it's a recognition that it's so important to you as a person, something you need in order to feel whole, to feel like you're, you know, a lot of people feel driven to this. It's not even a real question. It's like, I need to do this. Um, but it, it can seem like it's not important to other people in your life. And you may have naysayers and people saying, what are you doing? And or, or just not taking it very seriously. And so I think that you learn early on in, in in this decision that you have to be clear about it. You have to make your feelings clear to other people. And and that could be a challenge and and can also solidify your commitment when you have to make it clear to other people. Um it's a commitment that sometimes requires some sacrifice, um, because of course Making art takes time. It takes money. Um, 
It may mean giving up some of your disposable income, your leisure time, even some sometimes friendships with people that really don't get it. Um, so basically, in honoring that commitment to your work, you learn to be strong about what's important to you and what you need to do. So you learn things about yourself, and you learn that this is your path. So that's that's pretty enormous. And <laughs> I'm making it sound like one thing, but it involves a lot of um, decisions, um, you know, soul searching, is this what I want to do kind of thing. And then when you're, when you've made the commitment and you're into it, well, there's a lot of things you learn just because they're necessary. And if you're going to, you know, do this thing all the time. So you learn, okay, I got to show up in the studio. You learn some degree or some type of organization for your art life. Um, if you're doing it, if you're selling your work, you're involved in the business of art, of course, there's a lot to learn there. And again, we've covered so many of these things um, in the past, but going into it a little bit deeper um, on an emotional level, on a personal level, there are things you learn when you do this over time that are less obvious. They're more subtle. Um, I would say more integrated into who you are, and it happens kind of over time, changes in your your outlook, your behavior, your way of processing things that evolve because of your devotion to your work and your, the time spent doing your work, and it just becomes part of you. So, um yeah, so I've been thinking about some of those things, and and with 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 gratitude because they're positive things, and I've been doing this myself for decades. But I think some of these things also happen fairly quickly once you make that commitment and once you get involved. Um, so I think it's uh, you know you can look at other other fields of work and say, well, this is true in a way for anything that you do nearly every day and anything that you do for years, you get, you know, you get better at it. And, and there are certain things that would um, carry over. Um, like if you're, you know, if you're working in, in medicine, for example, over time, you learn compassion, you learn patience, you know, more than you had before, maybe teaching you you know you learn how to communicate so there's there's things that come from any job that that play into it um but uh i think there's something unique about creative work in terms of what you learn for it um from it um and and i think that your identity becomes so aligned with artists with an art practice and and it's true with other professions also. I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. But because art is so personal, um, every aspect of it is so personal, I think it does um, enter your personal life in a different way. And I, I, I'm only speculating because it's all I've ever done. I, I'm also, you know, I've also taught, but my primary identity is as an artist, and that's been that way for a long, long time. So... I'm just kind of guessing and speculating from my own experience about this. Um, but one of the things that really strikes me about being an artist um, is is that you are on your own completely. <laughs> I mean, you 
you, it's up to you to make it all work. And it's a big challenge. Um, when you're working for somebody or when you're working within another professional identity, there's usually something else larger than you. Like you're working for a company, you're working for a school. Um, even if you're working um, within an established business area, there are standards, there are expectations, um, even as a business owner or something like that. Artists are kind of, uh, you know, out there often very isolated, often on their own and trying to figure everything out. Um, even, even your professional identity, if you tell people you're an artist, uh, often raises eyebrows, like, oh, really? <laughs> uh, even if you're represented by a gallery, most of what you do is on your own. Um, you have to handle a lot of decisions, a lot of interactions. And the gallery is, is an interface between you and the buying public, but there's so much else that goes on. So my perspective is that an art practice, and, and I would say this is true for other creative realms too, it tends to really permeate a lot of your life. Um, most of us don't just um, shut off our work when we, you know, leave the studio for the day, especially not in the kind of digital, digitally connected age we're in now, because um, there's always things to look at on the computer, on other people's work, watching um, documentaries and things. You're aware of what other people are doing. You have a lot of opportunities coming at you. Um, maybe you listen to podcasts like this one. And so you're always kind of in that realm, not always, always, but very much not just isolated to your studio day, like when you're actually creating the work. So um, it's this pretty broad um, involvement, always kind of on the alert for new ideas and what people are doing and things around you. And so what what you're doing there is your your work, your job as an artist is spilling over into your entire life, really. It's not compartmentalized as it might be when you're really your private inner self isn't as involved in, in the job that you might go out and do during the day. So because working as an artist is so personal and so ongoing. This is all kind of leading up to saying there are bound to be some major lessons over time that impact your life in general, as well as your actual art making. And I think it's uh, it's interesting to think about that. And as I said, for me, it's it's tied in with feeling very grateful for being able to do this over time and seeing... I. I don't know for sure, but I suspect I'm a better person somehow. I'm more adjusted because this there's this kind of seamless integration with the work and my life. I don't say that to be boastful or anything. I think a lot of artists would agree and feel that it's just really enhanced who they are as people. And it goes it goes against the stereotype of the artist as well, obsessed, yes. Uh but the stereotype artist is kind of so obsessed and so narrow-minded that they don't think about the rest of life and they're not maybe not really engaged with it. Uh, probably does happen sometimes, but a lot of artists I know are, you know, 
they have this kind of well-rounded life that is something to truly appreciate and feel grateful for. And I, something about this time of the year, the end of the year kind of time, uh, when we look back at the previous year, look ahead, take stock. Um, that's why I want to talk about this today because, um, you know, we're entering 2023 and I'm just feeling like, yeah, I've been doing this now since my mid-20s, really, and, you know, over 40 years. And I think, wow, that it has really, really been helpful to me. So I think that when there's uh, when you're doing anything that is uh, where you don't have a, a boss <laughs> looming over you, whether whether it's some kind of entrepreneurship or it's a studio art practice, um, there's a there's a demand on your uh, ability to be efficient and self-motivated. Um, and it, it can really uh, uh, drive you to to improve other areas of your life as well. Um, and uh, I, I think so I think that's that's uh, another thing that I would add is is that uh, that kind of that self-motivation is mm-hmm. is something that is essential for an art practice and is is useful in other areas. Right. That's that's definitely a a life lesson that and, and as you say, it, it is true for anybody who doesn't work for somebody else who's on their own, who's making it happen. Um, it requires a lot of um, strength and kind of ability to stick with things that you you know, you know you're on your own. You know you have to make it happen. And that that presents a challenge that I think you get much better at over time. And in the beginning, it can seem overwhelming. And step by step, you start to see the progress you've made and you start to see how opportunities can be followed up on and grow into something. And it's it's very uh, life-affirming to be able to take command that way and say, uh, I'm making this happen. And um, when it works out, and for many people, it does to some degree. Um, not everyone can make a living as an artist, but in a sense, that's not really important. It's it's seeing your work grow and seeing the the self the satisfaction to yourself that happens over time when you stick with it. A, a lot of times, we, I think it's because of it's a learned behavior. You know that mm. that when we're not sure what to do next, we we kind of freeze up and we wait for somebody to tell us what to do. And when there's mm-hmm. nobody to tell you what to do, <laughs> and you have to figure it out yourself, um, you 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 shed that that learned behavior of of freezing mm. up and um mm-hmm. and that that can I mean I I really think that that's a um a tremendously a horrible thing that we teach people to do. You know that uh, that many times. Uh, the the best thing to do is is to figure out a course of action and act on it uh, rather than waiting for somebody to to tell you what to do right and and when you're on your own you do that over and over and over <laughs> and, and sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it does so you have to find that strength to keep trying which is you know could be very challenging so um yeah it's it's a it's a strength test of your commitment. And, you know, as the first thing I kind of brought up is making that commitment to see your own work evolve and see your own efforts produce what you want 
is is huge. It's a brave step when people make that commitment. It's not always a moment, but it it may be something that you grow into. But it is um, <laughs> very essentially very challenging. Let's take a quick minute to see what the deals are at uh, Blick. Well, the holiday season may be over, but if you're interested in cold wax medium, now is the most wonderful time of the year at Blick because gambling cold wax medium is 40% off. It's that time that you wait for to buy your cold wax medium at a fantastic discount. So to take advantage of that offer and to support the Messy Studio podcast, please remember to use our affiliate link. This is tremendously important. It does so much to help us. That affiliate link is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. It takes you straight through to the regular Blick website, but when you use our affiliate link, Blick donates a very generous 10% commission to the Messy Studio Podcast. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K, to get your gambling cold wax medium for 40% off. All right, let's get back into the show. Okay, so I thought I'd because this is a personal view, um, and as I say, I'm I'm only speaking for myself, but also speculating that this kind of growth and development happens for a lot of people because I've I've seen it with my friends and people that I know. Um, so I thought I would talk about some of the um, understanding that I've evolved into over time, and and I would say. It's hard to distinguish whether some of this might have just come from living, might have just come from getting older, but I just sense that being an artist has really helped and and just given me a more solid base for these things than I would have had otherwise. Um, And I I think that anyone involved in a creative practice uh, for a number of years or somebody who's made it as an entrepreneur could make a list like this or something similar, Um, but it it feels, you know, it feels good to think about this stuff and realize that something that you love and devote so much time and energy to gives back to you. It gives back to you in these ways that, you know, help you, help you as a person. So for me, a big one has become is that I've gotten more patient in letting situations evolve, <laughs> taking their time, um, kind of this underlying awareness, I guess, of the need to let some things happen in their own time and not to be pushing too hard, not to be too impatient. And I, I can relate that so directly to the painting because over and over creating works of art that take time and take a lot of different steps. And sometimes there are setbacks, there often are, there's not a clear outcome. <laughs> and so, you know, repeating this process over and over with paintings I think it's permeated and and into the way I think about things. It's so much like the way that we grow as people and we change in life and we work things out. We work out relationships, decisions, um, coping with things that are thrown at us, coping with difficulties. And I don't know, something about being involved in that process every day in the studio, there is a relationship. There's a There's a sort of a symbolism in the way that paintings evolve that has kind of permeated. Um, And I was thinking about the term works in progress because um, it's one that artists use all the time. Well, this is a work in progress. This painting is underway. I thought, "Mm, yeah, well, actually, 
uh, all of life's changes, all the personal growth we go through, that's always a work in progress. So kind of that concept of, you know, things are working out, things are evolving. And when I'm trying to get to something that I want to do, that I need to do, there's a goal, I think that being uh, being involved in an art practice makes me see that this might not happen in a linear way. It might not be, I do this thing and then this thing happens, um, because it, it helps you understand there are twists and turns, um, but that the first that taking the steps, doing something, taking that first step is what's important. And I, I kind of relate this in, in, in real life and things that I've gone through to something recent in my life, which was deciding to move to New Mexico. And, um, you know, that was, there was a moment when the decision was made, we're going to do this, but then it was step by step by step by step to to accomplish the move, to go through all our stuff, and then to be here in New Mexico where, you know, it's going to take time to make new friends, to adjust to this whole change, but there's a sense that things are in motion in the right direction, and so I feel like, well, it'll just happen. And and I I do think that attitude um, is enhanced by by what I do in the studio, and I can I can just I know that I just know it inside. So that's probably one of the biggest ones for me. Um, a few other things I wanted to bring up is that because when I was talking about that artists are basically on their own and and over time, you know, you you learn to trust in yourself more. And so that there's a confidence that comes over time that, you know, you have to have in the studio to sort of trust the process, trust that things are going to work out. I also think it spills over into the rest of life. And, um, you know, I think, well, over time, my confidence has certainly grown. Again, maybe just because I'm older, maybe just because I'm more mature, but the confidence to do things like travel internationally on my own, um, go to artist residencies, take on new projects, that confidence um, that, okay, this is a situation, I don't know what I'm getting into, um, I'm taking a lot of risks, I'm going to do it, and it turns out well, to me relates so much to studio practice. So that's that's one in my own life, um, and just confidence in the ability to get things done. Um, I, I can definitely go through those those times of feeling overwhelmed. There's just too much, you know. Uh, I mean, maintaining an art practice along with teaching and owning a business, it's a lot. But I I think that the step by step process in the studio just enables me to manage things. And I'm not always calm about it. And I'm not always, you know, like, totally confident. But there's that underlying base of, again, that over and over process of seeing things through, being able to um, carry things out. Another aspect of art practice is change. I mean, change, welcoming change. Because I totally know that change in my work is important and that's growth. And so I'm, I'm always kind of excited about, oh, what's next? And, you know, I'll see some little spark of something in a painting. Oh, okay, that's something I'm excited about. I'm going to follow up on it. 
And in life, of course, there's a lot of change, and there's a lot of things that come at you that are decent ideas, are good ideas, are good opportunities. I would say my personal reaction, and, and Ross, you know this because I wasn't exactly eager to start this podcast, <laughs> and other things have come at me where I'm just, I'm just kind of hesitant. I'm like, I don't know, you know, what's that going to be? I'm not sure, but, but I, I think over time, those experiences in the studio and things like this podcast have helped me see, okay, welcome it, give it a try, um, and and most of the time it works out really well. And so again, tied in with that openness to change and seeing, you know, being optimistic, seeing, okay, this could really turn into something good. At the same time, um, art practice teaches you acceptance of disappointment. I mean, we, we all, as artists and entrepreneurs, go through times when we just feel very rejected and very put down in some way. Somebody doesn't like what we're doing. Somebody doesn't want it. Somebody complains. Um, and those, you know, kind of weathering that, those times... And we've talked about this on the podcast, these ups and downs, these ebbs and flows. How do you get through that? Um, it's part of, of doing creative work. And you, I think you learn to have some stability with that over time. If not, you're going to be tossed and turned a lot. So there's this kind of acceptance that there's going to be down times when you're involved in an art practice. And I think that carries over into life, too, and kind of goes back to that, you know, letting things evolve, being patient. Sometimes there are times when nothing seems to be working out. So um, the other, the flip side of that is not being overly swayed by success because, you know, when you're aware of these cycles, which you experience in the studio, you know that there are ebbs and flows and you know that there are times when everything's going great and you're getting all the accolades and you're getting all the rewards of your work and that's all great. Um, but to keep some kind of steady base of saying, yes, that's all great and I'm just going to keep working, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be thrown off base by this uh, because it is, it can be ephemeral. And, you know, you realize, well, the really important thing is just doing the work and keep doing it, keep doing it. So, there's a, I think there's a steadiness in a sense of purpose that comes over time. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that I'm speaking from really a long uh, time of doing this. But if, if it's new and, and maybe, you know, you've come to this later in life and you've had another career I think I think life also prepares you for these these same things. Some of them do come about with maturing and aging anyway. And so you know, kind of relying on your your own life lessons from your other careers or professions and trying to align them with being an artist and and maybe as you mentioned earlier, one of the hardest things is uh not being told what to do <laughs> and not even if you've been your your even if you've been the boss in some place, there's still standards and expectations for where you're working. And um, now 
you're making your own standards and expectations. So it, it can be very challenging. Yeah, it can be hard to create that that structure in a work environment that is is kind of a, a part of any work environment where you're working with a team of other people, right? Um, e- even if you are the boss, uh, but when you're when you're working for yourself and there's there's no accountability <laughs> unless you create <laughs> your own accountability, uh, it can be very difficult to to create enough structure to to have like an efficient work process without being so structured that you lose that creative energy. Right, right, and and I guess recognizing the interplay between what you do in the studio and the rest of life can can be helpful in the reverse. I mean, you could realize that in your life, you, in some aspects of your life, maybe not your job, but you know, living your life for many years, you've learned how to make decisions, and now you're, if you're entering into this um, at a later stage, you know. Tapping into that confidence that you've developed, dealing with family issues, dealing with medical issues, whatever it is, you can bring that to the studio um, and, and recognizing you have that power to, to do that and, and bring that to your art practice. And I think there's a, there's a positive reinforcement loop then that can happen. Uh, but, you know, I often observe people being, oh, you know, quite lost when they're getting involved in art for the first time. And I and you know I often do say, well, look, you you have led a long life. You've you've dealt with so many things. This uh, doesn't need to be daunting. It can be reinforcing, <laughs> and it can go you know a good loop of of uh, confidence, knowledge, self direction, and so on that you can bring to your work. So, as I said, I, I think it it can go both ways, and I, that's important to recognize if you're. If you're listening to this as somebody that's kind of new at this, you think, oh, okay, well, I, I don't have much time to, you know, get all these lessons from my work, but you can bring your life lessons to your work as well. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yes, I think that living life as an artist or a creative person just has a lot of rewards beyond, you know, just the obvious joy of making the work, that there's this... um interplay and that the challenges of your art practice can help you grow in a lot of ways that are really personal and just enhance your life and enhance your character, your ability to deal with things. Um, And as I mentioned at the end, it can go both ways. So I think it happens pretty naturally when you're involved with your work. You don't really have to push it. Um, But it's it's good to be aware of that interaction and, and you know, as I also mentioned, to feel grateful for it. This is, it's such a life enhancing activity to do any kind of work for yourself, any kind of creative work, um, to be, you know, to be your, your own person is, it feels so good. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. For more from the Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then... Embrace your creative space. 
messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.